You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati, marhaban bikum. Fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. This is China Africa Talk, the program that brings you news, views and discussions about what's happening in China and Africa from a Chinese and African perspective. I'm your host, Bridget Mutambira, coming to you from the Chinese capital in Beijing. This week, we are discussing the role of BRICS, its efforts to bring stability and why it is becoming increasingly appealing to more countries. BRICS is an acronym for five emerging economies, namely Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. The cooperation framework was officially launched with four countries in 2009, with South Africa joining in a year later. The five countries have since strengthened their cooperation in areas such as economy and trade, technology, agriculture, culture and education. BRICS has been committed to improving global governance. It has made efforts to help reforms at the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. The achievements have attracted more countries to join the bloc. Nigeria, Algeria and Ethiopia are among those that have expressed interest or submitted their applications. Senior Chinese diplomat Wang Yi has attended a BRICS security advisors meeting in South Africa this week. He called for joint efforts to address global security challenges. He also expressed China's willingness to work with the BRICS countries and African countries on closer ties and development. To go into our discussion today, I'm joined online by Dr. Jinjie Wang, research assistant professor of the Institute of South to South Cooperation and development at Peking University. She's also Deputy Secretary General of the Center for African Studies at Peking University. I'm also joined by Charles Onanaiju. He's Director of the Center for China Studies in Nigeria and Professor David Monyai. He's Associate Professor of Political Science and International Relations and Director for the Center for Africa-China Studies at the University of Johannesburg in South Africa. Professors, it's an honor to have you three in this discussion. Thank you for sparing your time for the listeners today. Thank you. Thank you, Bridget. Perhaps let's begin with Professor Wang. As a BRICS founding member, China welcomes more countries to join the bloc. What do African countries stand to benefit from joining? Okay, thank you, Bridget. Uh, the BRICS countries have begun to contribute more to the world of development. Um, so that's maybe the development trend that attract more and more uh, non-member countries' attention. So um, by joining BRICS, African countries could have benefited in several ways, I, I believe. First of all is the increase the investment opportunities. So uh, joining the bloc could mean increased access to investments from within the bloc and also from the other countries that are likely to invest in the bloc. Right. Uh, secondly is the trade opportunity. So the BRICS countries are made major trading partners and adjoining the bloc could mean increased access to the market uh, of these countries. Thirdly is access to the expertise, knowledge sharing, and the technology transferring. Uh, the BRICS countries have developed uh, in particularly sectors over the years that have a wealth of knowledge and expertise to, to offer. Right. By joining the bloc could mean increased access to these resources, which could be very valuable for African countries looking to develop certain sectors, human capital 
capitals and uh, workforce quality. Lastly, would it be the increased geopolitical uh, leverage, mm-hmm. which could transfer to better trade deals, diplomatic relations, and uh, strategic partnerships with other countries? Hmm. Over to you, Professor Monyai. You are from South Africa. And I'd like to know from you, as a BRICS founding member since 2010, how has South Africa and Africa's engagement with the BRICS been with regards to trade? Uh, South Africa and uh, has been uh, playing a very critical uh, role alongside BRICS countries right. uh, to deal with some of the challenges that uh, the African continent confronts. Mm-hmm. And the advantage, uh, picking from my colleague that just spoken, um, is that uh, uh, leveraging on uh, BRICS voice within institutions uh, of global governance uh, and agencies, um, particularly within G20, uh, as you are aware, quite a number of uh, BRICS members are also G20 members, right. and therefore. Um, Africa, as it is joining G20 um, through the AU, um, way and above South Africa, um, it, the, some of the challenges uh, are being discussed right there. Uh, but in other institutions and, 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 and important agencies, uh, the WTO, um, and, and dealing with issues of trade, uh, but more importantly, I think also increasing trade among uh, BRICS countries mm-hmm. uh, and the focus on Africa. We have seen Brazil, for instance, uh, increasing its trade well, with the African continent. Um, similarly, we see uh, the trend with uh, India, um, Russia, um, despite the Ukraine crisis, mm-hmm. um, uh, and China itself, uh, which has remained a number one trading partner for the African continent for the last uh, uh, more than 10 years um, uh, and and continuing to see an improvement um, giving the African countries an advantage and also uh, a a way of um, improving their economies, Mm. um, improving intra-trade also among African countries themselves. I think what we're seeing, Mm -hmm. we're seeing much more Africa trading uh, with among itself, right. numbers are, in, are increasing uh, slowly, though, um, and therefore, so BRICS plays a critical role. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the gathering this year in South Africa will also uh, bring in uh, a number of African countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tradition of having BRICS plus, mm-hmm. the chair has that privilege of inviting countries within the region and therefore way beyond major countries such as your Saudi Arabia, Iran, Argentina, uh, who wants to join, I think we're going to also see a number of African countries invited by the chair to also observe. Okay, Mr. Nanaiju, you are the director of the Center for China Studies in Nigeria. Now, Nigeria has also expressed its interest for seeking BRICS membership. In your opinion, are there any key reasons why Nigeria would want to join this grouping? Yeah, thank you for having me. It's obviously clear, just like my two colleagues have spoken. The attraction essentially is to achieve economy of scale, to have a wider scope for economic engagement, expand Nigerian faces the challenge of sustainable, inclusive economic development. 
since the return of civilian rule in 1999, mm-hmm. uh, what people popularly call democracy dividends in terms of uh, social service, concrete and measurable, tangible, in terms of quality of life, have not made any appreciable progress in mm-hmm. Nigeria. So the Nigerian authority are very keen to engage an international process or system mm-hmm. that would uh, deliver concrete results in terms of uh, putting intangibles you know so nigerian desire to assess membership or join in the outreach to BRICS is quite understandable again the background of uh, the very important and serious economic challenge back mm-hmm. home um of course that is uh, that is uh, clear of course also geopolitics right. like you know the Ukrainian war has exposed that uh, African countries are very vulnerable to pressure of mm-hmm. Western powers. In terms of foreign policy going forward, does Nigeria and other African countries expressing interest to join have the policies to move along with countries that are already in the BRICS? Yes, of course. Just like my friend Professor Monaria said, China has been African's uh, largest trading partner mm-hmm. uh, for the past 14 years. And uh, uh, critical tangibles have been developed through engagement with China. Like you may know, they just concluded uh, the third China-African Trade and Export Expo, a platform to expose China African agricultural products to the Chinese food market. Right. And the outcome of that meeting, which just ended in the early days of this July, was huge. Mm-hmm. Almost 10 billion or 20 billion US dollars worth of transaction was done with African countries enjoying access to of the agricultural products. So the real meaning of diversification for African economies will obviously happen with BRICS. Because like you know, one of the critical challenges of African economy is monocultural economy that is dependent on basic resources. Mm-hmm. So I think the BRICS offers such important, most important platform to diversify the economic structure of African states. This is uh, a boon to several African countries, and it is not going to be ignored that African countries will align their foreign policy outlook to tally with this desire to ensure diversification of their economies. And BRICS just offers that. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. We'll see you there. Over to you, Professor Wang. What does China's welcoming of more countries into the bloc say about China's foreign policy? I think uh, David and uh, Charles brought great ideas from their own country's perspectives towards Mm -hmm. uh, the the joining or showing the uh, contribution to the BRICS. China's engagement with the BRICS countries and its emphasis on economic cooperation and development reflects its broader foreign policy priorities. The the BRICS countries offered an important uh, platform for China to work with other emerging powers to promote economic uh, growth, social development, and 
and environmental sustainability. Mm. By building stronger ties with each other, um, member countries can reduce their reliance on specific markets and technology. Let's mm. say for China as example, and it it increases their strategic and economic options in a rapid changing uh, global environment. So in BRICS, emerging uh, economies have um, have a greater say. Uh, in global governance and decision making, more and more on that part. So right. this has been particularly evident in member countries' support for greater representations for emerging economies in institutions like the IMF and the World Bank. So China's foreign policy towards BRICS reflects a broader policy of seeking to build partnership with other emerging uh, economies and promote greater cooperation and integration among mm-hmm. developing uh, developing countries. Still on you, Professor Wang. Uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict it has changed the world's geopolitics, and BRICS has always advocated for multilateralism. Now, how much could this have actually accelerated this development of expanding this group with more members, including African countries? Oh yes, that's that's a great question, um, Bridget. Uh, the the Russia-Ukraine conflict has certainly had a significant impact on world geopolitics, mm-hmm. uh, with implications beyond the immediate region. As BRICS has always advocated for multilateralism, it is possible that the conflict and its aftermath could accelerate the expansion of the group with more countries, more members, including African countries, for sure. Mm-hmm. One way that the conflict could have contributed to this is by highlighting the need for alternative dynamics on the global stage, as Professor David uh, has mentioned, right. which means that the BRICS block with uh, its emphasis on mutual cooperation and respect for sovereignty could be an attractive option for countries seeking to move beyond traditional relationship. Mm. Another factor that could contribute to the expansion of the BRICS bloc is the potential economic benefits of the memberships, which has already been mentioned by my peer colleagues. But I would like to emphasize more on that, which is the the BRICS bloc offer more opportunities for African countries. They're looking for um, expanding economics and trade relationships and investment opportunities. But we have to um, be very careful on that because uh, when we expanding the BRICS block with more members, it could be um, several factors contributing to the broader shift towards greater multilateralism, especially Mm. considering the benefit of the local people, Mm. how to protect the benefit of the local people and diversifying the trading investment partnership at the same time. So this should we pay attention to. So to achieve this, uh, the BRICS countries will need to address a number of key challenges, which my two peers has already mentioned. in order to build a strong, sustainable uh, block that can effectively pr- promote the interest of the members and uh, the local community, uh, there are uh, negotiation and uh, human rights issues, political stability and governance challenges should all be considered along this way. Mm-hmm. Yes, Bridget. Uh, Professor Monyaye, it's good that uh, South Africa is already representing Africa in the BRICS framework, but now the interest of the BRICS is more African countries. What are the implications for the rest of the countries in Africa? South Africa is of the view that it cannot operate on its own, okay. uh, and nor can it speak on behalf of the continent. Right. Um, it takes a cue from the AU, um, and therefore uh, this moment at this particular juncture 
uh, with this BRICS uh, summit, mm -hmm. uh, it is important that um, uh, more African countries uh, would uh, uh, explore an opportunity to join uh, BRICS and to ensure that the continent is not left out on a number of key issues, okay. which uh, has been touched upon already. I think key to new issues that uh, both South Africa and the rest of the continent is confronted with is tech, the rise of technology, new technology, mm -hmm. new issues uh, in international relation. How can Africa uh, take advantage of that, particularly um, the idea of digital currency. Mm -hmm. um, BRICS is thinking of having this uh, trade using local uh, currencies. Okay. Um, it, it, it will give uh, the African continent an alternative. Uh, as you know, the dominance of the US dollar, it's a huge crisis. It mm -hmm. brings a lot of challenges in our own um, markets. And therefore, if there's an alternative of other currencies uh, uh, at play, uh, democratizing uh, global currencies uh, and the world basket of currencies, uh, ensure that that is done in a fair way. And mm. then also uh, the risk uh, of uh, internal US politics and, and the impact it has uh, in our markets Right. Um, as it stands, there are a lot of um, um, policies taken in the U.S., which affects us, particularly in South Africa. The RAND is constantly attacked, um, and therefore it has a huge negative impact on our economy. Mm. So if we are to trade with India, Russia, Brazil, and other countries using our own currencies, uh, I think that will help. And, and digital currencies will make it much more easier. So what this does is to change the post-1945 world order okay. in which the dominance of the U.S. and Western world had gone unchallenged. Mm. I think what we're going to see is a gradual uh, bringing on board uh, new alternative ways, new alternative trade routes, uh, uh, new ways of trade, um, as well as new uh, global public goods such as the SWIFT, uh, the rise of a BRICS uh, SWIFT of some sort, mm -hmm. um, I think this will bring a bit of stability to the global uh, economy. Hmm. Professor Ananaiju, uh, still on the BRICS uh, currency basket, when we look at the BRICS and its formation and its framework, could Nigeria's joining of the bloc be the solution to offering and developing alternatives to the dollar based on a BRICS currency basket? Well, um, yes, uh, Nigeria already has uh, a traditional diversifying uh, uh, currency basket. Okay. Uh, the yuan, the, we hold the yuan, we hold the pounds and other currencies. Of course, the impact of U.S. decisions on her currency has uh, effects, uh, of course, in developing countries. Of mm -hmm. course, the BRICS, in my view, is not any attempt to overthrow the existing uh, order. Of mm -hmm. course, um, most of their positions have been made clear that this is to complement the existing international economic order mm -hmm. and they broaden the financial architecture to make it more inclusive mm -hmm. and uh, by the same way make the governance process more inclusive more democratic and more uh, uh, more accommodating of mm -hmm. all stakeholders uh, of course that is uh, that is what 
some countries, especially Nigeria, are looking forward. Nigeria is one country whose currency has been exposed to this uh, issue of U.S. dollar interest rate cut, interest rate reduction without any form of cost. So for sure, uh, African countries, especially Nigeria, would want to have more. Right. Professor Wang, looking at the development uh, previous issues, now that more countries are expressing interest to join the bloc, could this be the time that BRICS countries perhaps provide a new funding model and regional integration to enhance the way African countries are financing their infrastructure? Yeah, uh, yes, Bridget. I think uh, we, as for the past twenty some years, we can see the BRICS countries' economy develop really, really fast by comparing G seven as as example. Mm-hmm. About thirty years ago, G seven countries accounted for close to fifty percent of the global GDP. But while BRICS countries accounted for only a little bit over fifteen percent, but now by the year of uh, twenty twenty three, we estimated that it is uh, BRICS countries will provide almost the same world uh, GDP as as G7 countries. So this fast development trend would uh, um, provide a possibility potential for the new funding models and the regional integration for Africans to enhance the way they finance their infrastructure and the development projects based on the experiences and development experiences of the current BRICS countries. Mm-hmm. In fact, the BRICS countries have already uh, established various mechanisms to support infrastructure and development uh, financing in the region, such as what we all probably very familiar with is the BRICS the New Development Bank right. and the China-initiated Belt and Road Initiatives. The uh, the uh, the New Development Bank established in 2014, um, they provide a new platform for infrastructure specifically and sustainable development fundings in emerging economies, including Africa for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, they have been financing areas such as renewable energy, transportation, and urban development, which are very critical for promoting economic growth mm. and the social development in this region. So since the establishment, um, the, the NDB has approved uh, more than 90, uh, 90 projects with a total loan about, I think it's uh, uh, 32 or 33 billion uh, US dollars. It depends on the year of the data. So mm-hmm. the, the BRI, we all know, is connecting a network mm. for, for railways, highways and ports and uh, other transportations. So while the initiative has faced a criticism criticism, it has also brought sustainable investment and infrastructure development to many African countries. Mm, Okay. Professor Monyai, the BRICS summit gets underway in South Africa next month. Um, How does this present itself, an opportunity to African countries? What can be anticipated as top of the agenda? The number of issues, the question of inclusivity, uh, the question of infrastructure development are core issues at the moment uh, on the African continent and how best to deal with other issues such as conflict. And therefore, I think South Africa and the rest of the continent uh, is looking forward to this summit to really inject a new spirit of bringing in solutions to some of the core problems that we face as a African continent, what is a key uh, major challenge on the African continent has been uh, how do we trade among ourselves uh, as Africans. And this is the only continent that trade less among itself uh, compared to other. Uh, The numbers is increasing uh, and therefore uh, finance of infrastructure, it's it's a key issue. Therefore, 
the African continent sees BRICS as providing that alternative, mm. alternative uh, financing. What it does is that it gives African countries opportunity, better choices before they embark on major infrastructure development, uh, that you're not relying solely on Western financing institutions. I mean, there are alternatives and therefore it brings a bargaining advantage that you look at best ways of doing things. Um, While the West remains an important uh, player, there are now uh, others that are providing, I think Brazil, um, uh, India, Russia itself and China are increasingly uh, providing alternative uh, best way of uh, resolving some of the challenges that we uh, face uh, as Africa. That brings us to the end of the discussion. Dr. Wang Jinjie, Charles Onanaiju from Nigeria, and David Munyaye from South Africa, thank you for sparing your time. Thank Thank you, you, Bridget, for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.